0: a reading from the second book of Samuel in those days all the tribes of Israel came to David in Hebron and said here we are your bone and your flesh in days past when Saul was our king it was you who led the Israelites out and brought them back and the Lord said to you you shall shepherd my people Israel and shall be the commander of Israel When all the elders of Israel came to David in Hebron, King David made an agreement with them there before the Lord, and they anointed him King of Israel. The word of the Lord.
1: Thanks Thanks be to God.
0: to the Colossians. Brothers and sisters, let us give thanks to the Father who has made you fit to share in the inheritance of the Holy Ones in light. He delivered us from the power of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved Son in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation, For in him were created all things in heaven and on earth, the visible and the invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. He is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead that in all things he himself might be preeminent, for in him all the fullness was pleased to dwell, and through him to reconcile all things to himself, making peace by the blood of his cross through him, whether those on earth or those in heaven. The word of the Lord.
2: The rulers sneered at Jesus and said he saved others let him save himself if he is the chosen one the Christ of God even the soldiers jeered at him as they approached to offer him wine they called out if you are king of the Jews save yourself above him there was an inscription that read this is is the King of the Jews. Now one of the criminals hanging there reviled Jesus, saying, are you not the Christ? Save yourself and us. The other, however, rebuking him, said in reply, have you no fear of God? For you are subject to the same condemnation. And indeed, we have been condemned justly for the sentence we received corresponds to our crimes, but this man has done nothing criminal. Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. He replied to him, amen, I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. The Gospel of the Lord.
1: Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ.
3: Good morning. Good morning. Am I on A.B.? Yes. Anyway, welcome and thanks for coming and all the snow. We had a lot of people here last night that tried to miss the snow, and so we have adoration will be suspended until tomorrow at 8 a.m. You can still come, but it's totally up to you. Jesus will be in the tabernacle. He just will not be exposed. Anyway, today we celebrate the Feast of Christ the King. And first of all, we've got to do three things today. First, we've got to find out what kind of king he is. What must our response be to him and how we are to live his kingship in our daily life? So first of all, what kind of king he is? The Old Testament and what we hear of David, the the Jews at that time, most of them did not accept Christ because they were looking for a messianic king, one who would set up the kingdom of the Jewish people, one who would make the Jewish people the rulers of everything and everybody would bow down before the Jews. And Jesus came as a suffering servant. Now this very day, still people people want Jesus to be like that, huh? So that we can be a great nation and everybody else will bow before us. That's not who Christ is. It never was, and that's why people who look for him that way never find him. Christ is the king who is a suffering servant, who gives his life away. Just a couple of months ago, when I was up in the Diocese Toledo, I went to a shrine up there, beautiful shrine, but there in the center was Christ sitting on his royal throne and everybody coming before him and he's judging them all and he looked very big and just like he was ready to condemn the world. Just as like if you go down the Immaculate Conception, there's the Christ there that looks not very happy. And that is not the Christ revealed in scripture right even when you go to the book of revelation the first chapter of revelation when it talks about the reality of Christ the king he this great king he says do not be afraid and then he says behold i stand at the door and knock if you open the door i will come in and have dinner with you and you with me that that again is table fellowship that this king wants to humble himself before us And this king humbles himself every day to us in the most blessed sacrament. And this king, who we come before every day in our adoration chapel, the God the universe cannot contain, this king humbles himself before us. He is the suffering servant. Even when you sit there and think about the king that's revealed here, it's, it's a great thing in the second reading. It says let's give thanks to God the Father who has made you fit to share in the inheritance of the Holy One of light. Now God has already done this for us, right? We're always kind of looking. No, if you have surrendered yourself to the Lordship of Jesus, it's already happened. He delivered us. It's past tense. He delivered us from the power of darkness and transformed us, transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved Son. In whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. So the kingdom of the beloved son, the king of kings, is a kingdom of light where we have redemption and forgiveness of sins. But how do we get there? We get there, of course, by total surrender of every part of our lives to his lordship. Right? And again, some people say, no, 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 I'll just go to confession, Father. Trust me on this. I've been hearing confessions for 33 years. People go to confession and nothing changes. Why? Because they're not putting their life under the lordship of Jesus. They just want to not go to hell. So I want to make sure I get, did I get all my sins out? I better get my, oh, I better get rid of, oh, maybe I have that one. Please. We are not forgiven until everything's under his lordship. So think about your own life and I'll think about mine because when i was doing the meditation yesterday and i'm thinking what in my li- what is in my life is not completely under the lordship of jesus christ that means he's fully in charge he's fully in charge of my money and so you can tell that because the first thing you do every month with your money is you give back to god that's how to find out if he's in charge if he's lord of your money do you do that or do you throw him a bone I, 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 I. For him to be Lord means he's in charge of every dime you and I have, period. For him to be Lord means that he's in charge of our sexual life, period. That's in marriage, outside of marriage, whatever it is, we have to obey what he says. Is my sexual life under the Lordship of Jesus Christ? Is my time under the Lordship of Jesus Christ? Do I fit God into my life? You know, whenever I get a chance, I'll sit there and I'll throw a prayer. When I'm when I'm too busy, though, he understands. Or the first thing that I do every day is make sure that Christ is in charge of my time and I don't fit God in prayer. T- I don't fit him into my life. I build my life around him. Is he the Lord of my time? Is he the Lord of my thoughts? Is he the Lord of my politics? Is he the Lord of my family? Is he the Lord of everything in my life? If not, we're still in darkness. One little string keeps a bird from flying. You tie one little uh, thread to a bird's foot, that bird cannot fly. One thing, not under the lordship of Jesus Christ, can keep us in the kingdom of darkness and not transform us in the kingdom of light. So you and I got to really ask ourselves today, am I under the lordship of Jesus? Have I truly submitted every part of my life? And just ask the Holy Spirit today, sit down with a pen and a paper and go through your life and I'll go through mine, which I already did yesterday, but still. What is not under your complete lordship? And then say, Jesus... I want you to be totally in charge. I place this under your lordship. Your addictions, give them to the lordship. He doesn't want you to be a slave. You are a son or a daughter, but if you keep trying to do it, you're still going to be in darkness. You can go to confession every day. Nothing will change until you put it under the lordship of Jesus Christ. It's yours, Lord. You deal with it. I can't. You're in charge of every part of my life. Huh? So, Will you and I on this Feast of Christ the King do that and place ourselves under every part of our lives? My money, my sexuality, my body, my uh, time, whatever it is, everything under the Lordship of Jesus. Or I just keep coming to church and, you know, getting my card stamped and saying I'm a good Christian. Nope. Every part of our lives must be under the Lordship of Jesus Christ. So first, who is God? The King. He is one who comes to save us from our sins. He is one who comes to set us free from our slavery. He is one who comes to serve us and serves us every day in the blessed sacrament. And then he wants us to respond to him by giving everything and placing everything under his lordship. And then third, he wants us to become like him. Huh? So again, the most explicit place in the gospel where Christ talks about king. And I talk about this way too much for some of you. But again, we're going to go back to it because it's the feast of Christ the King. And again, the only time he ever challenges us is in Matthew 25. And here, well, the only time he talks about what's going to happen when we stand before the King and how we're going to be judged, right? When the Son of Man comes in all his glory and the angels are with him, he will sit upon his glorious throne. So what will happen when he's on this glorious throne? He will judge us. On how we have loved. Hmm. He will place the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. And then the king, the king, will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. Now, why? Because these people have surrendered themselves under the lordship of Jesus. Since their money belongs to him, since their time belongs to him, they naturally reach out to the poor. Because everything I got is God's first. It's not mine. Come, he says, inherit the kingdom prepared for you. And then he says, which again, hopefully none of us ever will hear in chapter 25, verse 41. Then he'll say to those on his left, depart from me, you accursed into the everlasting fire prepared for the devil and his angels. Why? Because I was hungry and you gave me no food. So again, this king, Demands things of us, but it's a demand of love. He wants us to surrender our lives to him so he can set us free from darkness and slavery and help us to truly be beloved sons and daughters of him. He wants us to be like him. When he went to the cross, his kingship is all about you and about me. And so he says, now be like me. Let your life be all about other people. Take care of the poor. Forgive others. Be like me. Be a servant. So as we end this church year and we begin a new one next Sunday with Advent, what kind of king do I believe Christ to be? What is revealed in the scriptures? Two, have I surrendered every part of my life, every part, holding nothing back to his lordship? Three, do I then live that life of his of light into the world by taking care of the poor, by being a servant, by giving my life away for others. It's not about me. It's all about God and others. That's the king we serve. That's the king we follow. And that's the king we celebrate on this, the feast of Christ the King. You got it? You get it? You're going to live it? You better. nature.